Georgian bag. That's a nasty looking finger, lady. You got the face? What? No. Hey, I got your fertilizer. We Welcome back, interweb friends. This is Stop the Movie I Want to Get Out. Hollywood makes bad, weird movies. We make fun of them. I'm Alex Dunbar. I'm joined, as always, by, I'm going to go with the people I see first in my chat, Cody Wolf. Hello, bitch. <laughs> what a catchphrase. I mean, uh, one of the great villain catchphrases. Uh, Christy Smorrell. Sweetheart, I am dead. <laughs> Jack Estabrook? You failed again, Alex. You let me down. And joining us through the wonders of the interwebs, Brian Mueller. All right, all right so, so we're all doing lines. Uh, my favorite one. Is she breathing? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our movie this week is 1993's Arcade, although it sometimes shows up as 94. I think it was, I think it had a brief theatrical release in 93, but really like was a bigger, more notable. Well, they got it, they got to release it, they got to release it in December so they can get it in under, under the radar uh, uh, for the Oscar season. Oh, I know, I know that, contender. Yeah, I know that it had a really rocky like release issue too like it was supposed to be released in like 91 and it kept getting moved around so who knows yes surprising yeah. <laughs> um i i would just before we get into the movie did anybody else's eyes pop as much as i did as the cast was being it's kind of like telling you who's going to be in the movie and yeah I, I had completely forgotten who was in this and i kept being like whoa whoa they were in this I was more surprised by who wrote it than who was in it. Yes. 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 Batman Begins screenwriter David S. Goyer. Some early work from him here. Oh, yeah. God. He, Must that was a Batman early. Begins writer? Yeah. I saw the name and I was like, David Goyer. I said it out loud. <laughs> well, and like a whole bunch of other things. I mean, he wrote, I mean, he wrote Batman Begins. He the Blade wrote, movies. Yeah, the Blade movies. Um, so I, clearly he got better. <laughs> well, he, he also wrote Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. So. I know, but I like to forget those. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they also may have sure. been better scripts than movies. They also may yeah. have been better scripts than movies. Um, and, he, and he also wrote Terminator Dark Fate. So he's kind of having a rough go right now. But um, Well, he's rich now. It's like, whatever. Yeah, that's, true. Wrong. that's true. Um, but yeah, that, that made me pop. I was like, whoa, young Seth Green. Um, Q from Star Trek The Next like, Generation. John Delancey, baby. Yeah. John Delancey. Yeah. Was that young Seth Green or was that like, I feel like Seth Green looks like that now. Like, I feel like <laughs> the man never ages. Like, if you put him in high schooler clothes, he could play that character today. <laughs> he probably still could, yeah. But I, but this was young before he was famous, Seth Green. I pre-Buffy like the Vampire Slayer. Yes. I feel like I should tell this story now. I, some of you might have heard this before, but on two occasions in my life, strangely both in Las Vegas, people have not just mistaken me for Seth Green, but genuinely believed I was Seth Green. Um, the I feel like you're like four feet taller than Seth yeah, Green. Yeah, I was, was going to say you're like four <laughs> feet taller than Mr. Green. The, the first time this happened in Las Vegas, the person came up to me and I was like, no, no, no. And I did laugh. I laughed. I'm like, I'm literally about probably 16 inches taller than Seth Green is. And the second time it happened, my friends and I were playing blackjack at the old Sahara 
And there was one guy at the table who wasn't with us and he was there for like, and he kept like looking at me weird and it was like really creeping me out. But it was, and then after like 40 minutes, he said, he's like, I'm sorry, I just, I just have to ask. You're Seth Green, right? And my, when I say my friends, like when you fall out of your chair laughing, like it was literally like my friends are like on the floor. And one of my friends was like, gave the guy the benefit of the doubt. He's like, okay, luckily he's sitting down, but if you saw him stand up, you would notice that he's twice <laughs> Seth Green's height. And how much how much money do you think that guy lost like sitting at that table longer just mustering up the courage to ask i he was so stressed about it too and the weird thing is aside from the fact we both have red hair i don't really think i look like seth green that much i mean no, not at all yeah, I've, I've never thought that now yeah i just feel like you know this guy just didn't have a lot of experience with red-haired people i, I don't know it's, very... it's ginger discrimination yeah all look the same to him. do you take a picture with him Ellis? I, I honestly, if my if we were not like trying to pull some of my friends back into their seats, maybe I would have tried to escalate it and actually do that. Have you ever been mistaken for Ed Sheeran? Uh, no, although that would make <laughs> more sense to me. You know, um, I I feel like that's probably more realistic. You feel more like an Ed Sheeran? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not musically, but you know, it was I was told. I don't. I don't buy it. Many years ago, somebody told me that I reminded her of uh, of Seth Green, but I didn't think so. Again, red hair. That's about I've it. Never, I've never yeah. been mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Very. You weird. had an, You had the essence of of Green. The essence of Green. Yes. You thought you were a werewolf, basically. Is I think. Yeah, you basically. <laughs> yeah. You can see my my hair in the bottom of the shot. Hi. Would you rather be the werewolf or his character from Can't Hardly Wait? Oh. Good question, Christy. Yeah. I, the I, werewolf. Yeah, werewolf. Um, yeah, he's a lot of Can we just say before we keep going, because we're talking about werewolves, the the opening shot of the film is this epic, old school, like low budget video production company moon logo. I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah. It's a dumb thing to comment on, but whatever. I'm going to do it. Well, for everything bad, in this movie is a dumb thing. I also was having some serious 90s, like, I was like, yeah, that's me and all my buddies leaning up against a wall in high school, board, not knowing what to do. We're all wearing our baggy flannels. Jack's glory days. Too cool for school. I'm a little younger than the people in this movie, but not by much. This movie starts off, and you can kind of tell that it's, I mean, this movie starts right off disturbing. I mean, it starts right off with a girl. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, oh. Uh. I mean, it, it, it couldn't start any darker than it she does. She finds her mother, like, dead. We'll go ahead and talk about it, but oh, God. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. She's, like, narrating a nightmare, and she finds her mom dead with, like, a gun in her hand, and there's blood all over the wall. And then it, like, cuts, and it's all dark, and there's all these, like, beams of light. And she's being, like, interrogated by, like, a psychologist or something. And then it's a school counselor. Which, by the way, did you notice that the lights that were used to light the scene were in the shot? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> They're like I didn't up, at the, that. up at the top of the frame. You could see the two lights like shooting the beams. Of I don't know if it was supposed to be cropped out for like a you know a widescreen image or something, but it was it was not. The wow. lighting in this movie is insane. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The lack thereof. Yeah, I feel like they're lighting all the wrong things when they actually use the lighting. <laughs> 
the arcade in particular, or the video arcade, like Dante's Inferno, is an OSHA violation, like just all the way. I mean, I don't and I don't think were there actually any other games in that arcade. It was just smoke. Yeah, no, no, they had Space Invaders because that one dude insulted Space Invaders. But do you actually see the game? Because I don't think you actually see any of them. It's just no, no, it's a smoky room. Smoky rooms and you know small hallways. All smoky. It's weird how they try to, they kind of played it like it was like a nightclub for like teenagers or something, you know, like it had that kind of vibe to it, like the sign out front and the loud music and the smoke. And it was like, of course you go down. It's like, it's, it's like you yeah, walk like down bar. into the basement of the building. It's totally I mean, the kind of place I'd hang out with, with my friends in 1994. I'm telling you. One of the strangest things in this when so the girl is whose mom committed suicide is talking to her school counselor. The counselor said she's concerned, to which I'm like, yeah, no kidding. And the girl wraps up the meeting by saying, ah, it's all my fault. I must have let her down. The counselor's response silence <laughs> i was like uh, uh, maybe i i'm no counselor but i think that's the point where you want to say like no that's not true counselor just sits there and stares at her blankly as she drops that bomb i also thought we were like going down like a, a i don't know some sort of time warp type thing because she was also talking about how she feels like sometimes she's in the past and future but never in the yeah. present and she says she feels like she's in the past right now um that doesn't come up again no, no. It, it I don't never... know why they gave this character this huge backstory anyway, because it's not really that deep a movie. Just to give the bad guy something to taunt her about. I mean, he could taunt her about anything. He seemed to kind of default to generic insults anyway. I mean, there's that one scene at the end, which is really creepy. But I mean, I didn't think the movie needed that. Well, and the movie forgets about the mother until like the third act. They don't really even mention until I need to towards the end. Because her, her goal is to win her boyfriend back, who's in the movie for about 20 minutes, so you don't really care about him either. Does he even make it to 20 minutes? I don't think so. I don't I don't think he does. I don't think so. I don't think he does, yeah. So yeah, we get a bunch of like, kind of like, uh, it, it start, and initially my initial notes are like, is this Breakfast Club meets Tron? Because it's like a bunch of kind of like, quasi like on the outs like high school kids and then they're going into Dante's Inferno there's did you anybody catch who the actor was who was in that one scene as the owner of Dante's Inferno I, I recognize him but I, I I can't remember who it is though it was the dad from that 70s show Not that's the uh, only great. thing I know him from <laughs> yeah. I, I, Wood Smith no no, no, no. Donna's dad yeah oh okay that must I think be I what I noticed him yeah, it must be. I haven't seen that show in a long time, so that, that didn't come to my mind. But I knew I recognized him. I don't know why he was a character, or why the bully was a character, or why any of yeah. that happening. None of that comes. Why back. was he taking jabs at Space Invaders, man? I don't think anyone would have said Space Invaders is for babies. That's like a classic game. Well, also, I I I thought that his character should have been named Hypocritical Bully in in the in the cast because. He's making fun of all the kids for being at that arcade, and he's there. And he specifically says, he pulls a Biff Tannen and says, I told you I didn't want to see you in here to Seth Green. So not only does he go there on the regular, but he also has like claimed dominance and is trying to like gatekeep people he doesn't he, like, you know. He's ironically going there. 
<laughs> I think this was before that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. He was out of his time. I think I, really his only purpose is so that later on, Alex talks about how she checked in on all the people that were there and all of them had busy signals on their phone. Right. Was that one of the guys she checked on? Yeah. Yeah, she said she checked on everyone who was there, so. Because she mentioned, yeah. she mentioned like, not only their friends, but I forget what his name was, but she mentioned the bully. That well, was nice of her to do. Yeah, it is nice. <laughs> She's... But so everybody that... had busy signals because no one else lives in the house with them. No. Right, right. And, and no Probably one suspicious. lives near enough to, yeah, to actually go and check. So then Q from Star Trek Next Generation John shows Delancey. up Woo. in this, like, fog, smoke-filled arcade and announces to these kids, virtual reality is the wave of the future. And then, I and I can't, I can't believe, no, this was gonna, I thought everyone was gonna wanna do this line when he says, I have something to show you in the other room. It will blow a hole in your shorts. <laughs> it's like, what is that? I forgot about that. <laughs> I, yeah, no, yeah, that's awesome. It'll blow a hole in your shorts. Yeah, I was gonna ask uh, Alex. Uh, was that was that a, a line that was popular back in the early nineties? <laughs> Somebody uh, told me they were gonna blow a hole in my shorts. <laughs> I don't remember it. Questions. I don't remember it. I called nine one one. Yeah. <laughs> and first into the VR machine is Ralphie from Christmas. Ralphie. Day. Yeah. Gro somewhat grown up Peter Billingsley. That's right. It's so weird. I, kept I, saw, yeah. I saw him recently. I watched that documentary on Netflix um, about the, the, the Challenger um, shuttle explosion. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, he popped up as an interview. But it wasn't like actor Peter Billingsley. It was like some he, some other title he has like, with NASA. So I can't remember what it was. But I was like, is that like the kid from Christmas Story? And it was. But it was just weird that he popped up and they didn't say like, oh, by the way, he was also... This is where you actually know him from. Does he work for NASA? Is he like a NASA he, scientist? Some, he does some science stuff. Now, I can't remember what it was, or math. I can't remember what it was, but it was something well, he else. Outside he of produces that. a lot of things now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe okay. it was, I can't remember what it was. It was something else, but they didn't even mention that he was an actor. But in this movie, when you first see him, he's wearing sunglasses for like a whole scene. And, and I just couldn't get that blind scene out of my head from Christmas Story, yeah. where he's pretending to be blind or he's fantasizing about being blind. I thought maybe he did, yeah, I thought maybe they did that as a homage to, like, the big glasses he wore in that movie. Because otherwise, <laughs> there was no reason for him to constantly wear sunglasses. Because they made him look cool. When he first showed up on the screen with the sunglasses, I it took me a second to realize who he was. Because honestly, all I could see, and it's probably because I'm waiting to watch Cobra Kai season three. But for some reason, I saw, like, a young Billy Zapka. <laughs> okay. I see that. And with the sunglasses, I'm like, wait, no, that that's that's not him. That's Ralphie. Okay. Yeah. And it was for some reason weird for like it was uncomfortable seeing him like as a not kid in this movie yeah. for some reason. Yeah, like adult content in Ralphie, like just yeah, a bad fit. Yeah. And, and he wasn't like old enough yet. Like they they sort of made yeah, yeah. a perfect window where he was older, but like not like an actual adult where I could have like seen him differently. You get to hear him actually say the F word, though, in this one. They should have just had him say fudge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah he should have said fudge. I was picturing well, when they cut to the when they cut to the the game, dude. You guys got to play this game. He's shooting Black Bart and his his men. <laughs> well, so in a deleted scene, after, in a deleted scene after he cursed, uh, they did have to put some soap in his mouth, but they cut <laughs> it for time. 
and and he's the first to try this like VR setup. And it, it's kind of the first point of this movie where I'm like, I don't, this movie is both weirdly incredibly accurate in its predictions of the future and totally insane at the same time. Because you kind yeah, of look yeah. at the gloves and you look at the headsets and you're like, yeah, this is actually how, like, this is not far off from like, you look at it. Like an Oculus or something. The Oculus, Oculus yeah. You know, yeah. Except uh, the first level is skateboarding and you're wearing gloves and sitting down. So I don't, I, that was one of the moments where I'm like, I, I don't understand what the VR part of this is doing. Right. I was confused by the skateboard as well. Like they're in like a, a labyrinth, labyrinth uh, dungeon. Yeah. A la Wolfenstein. Yeah, I didn't understand either where the skateboard well, was. It was the '90s. I was gonna say it was the early yeah. '90s, and I Just think skateboards and shorts. Be hip had to have a skateboard in it. Yeah, yeah. Skateboard and holes in your shorts. <laughs> they make a make a point here <clears throat> too to say like that Peter Billingsley is is like he says like he's the best. Like he's playing this first because he's, the, he's best. the best. But it's like they never expand upon that, that. Anywhere, else, anywhere else in the movie. Like he's this amazing video game player or something, or he's like, you know what I mean? Or he's like amazing at this game. He, he sucks at the game later on. So I don't know. Well, the real why they... thing is no one, this is like, not only do they not show us, but they tell us that, but the only person who tells us that is Peter Billingsley. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could be full of it. You know, he's right. the only one who says he's so great at video games. He yeah. doesn't have a lot going on in his life. He's got to clean <laughs> That's something. That's true. That's true. Uh, we do I'm get- wondering. Did he, did he like, did he win, lose, or did he hit the escape button there? Because he didn't—he he didn't beat the level, but he didn't get sucked into the game. He was just out of it again and fine. Whereas the boyfriend got sucked into the game. For yeah, no, he, he got—he got attacked by the screamer or whatever. So I don't know the why screamer. why he didn't get sucked into it, but yeah, because plot—that's all. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. So then, Alex's boyfriend gives it a try. And Q from Star Trek is like, all right, everybody else leave. I'm just going to give you a VR, like, home kit to go test out. Yeah, and I understand this. Like, they have this big, they're debuting this, like, massive arcade machine VR thing. And they're like, oh, by the way, we also have a home, like, portable version of it. Right. Like, well, here's I'm, one for you. <laughs> if they're debuting this big machine, why isn't there, like, a big press event? of some sort, like like signs outside that say, you know, debuting the brand new game, line out the door. John Delancey like says, you kids come with me, you get to the head of the line. And everyone's like, oh man, you know, like at least do some kind of a setup where it's implied that this is a thing. So when and later, when, layer, when later on, when the thing becomes self-aware, it becomes more dire, like it's gonna take over the town or something instead of just five kids who were given their little I, I suspect that this is where like different ideas in the script came clashing together. Cause I bet there was a version of the script where John DeLacy is sort of like a Willy Wonka-esque figure and who is like a bigger role in the movie, kind of going along with like what you're saying, Jack. But then I feel like they were like, no, we really want this kids to be playing it at their own homes. And it just sort of like, because yeah. there's kind of hints in this scene that maybe they haven't fully worked out arcade and this is like an insane version of beta testing. But it's, yeah. but like, it's crazy. It, 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 yeah, I agree with you. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, and, and what, where you go later on, like with the program or whatever, it's like, why was this game even 
like put out there yet. Like, like they don't even know how it works or how to beat yeah. it or anything. And they're like, yeah, I just test on some kids. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. It's I feel they were just like, crap, we named this movie Arcade. We have to set it in an <laughs> arcade. <laughs> arcade. <laughs> but, um, uh, for oh, so this whole scene, like I was like, okay, so so Johnny Lancey is is the bad guy. He's like a nefarious bad guy, right? But no, not really. He's just kind of a guy who invented a video game. Yeah, he's only in one other scene, and the only other scene he's in, it's Basically, like yeah. I don't even know why he's in the scene because he just he's like a middleman. <laughs> he's like afraid he's going to lose his job because these kids are complaining about his game. Yeah, yeah. I I liked when Alex's boyfriend disappears from the game. And she comes in looking for him. She comes in, he's gone. The game is full of smoke. <laughs> and I would describe her reaction as mildly curious, like as to what happened here. Which in fairness was a lot lot uh, more intense than what all of her friends were thinking at that time. True, yeah, yeah. She was at least mildly curious. I would put her friends as disinterested in any of this. Um, there, there was one line. I, I think I heard this right. There was a lot of talking in the scene, but uh, when she, when she finds out that her boyfriend is not there, and she asks her other friends um, if uh, they've seen him, one of her friends says, "Maybe he's outside. He goes outside when he's bored." <laughs> <laughs> That's dialogue for you. Well, and before he gets into the the machine, he he goes, "Hey, can you hold my keys for me?" And he hands his keys to his girlfriend. And it's like, why does he need her to hold his keys other yeah, than so she point. has keys to drive away? And why not just make it her car like she drove it? You know what I mean? It's like such a, a weird scripted thing. Like, here, here's my keys. Right. You're going to need right. it in five minutes. It's just like it's so goofy. You don't hand your keys over to someone whenever you're uh, sitting down? <laughs> maybe they were in his back pocket and it was uncomfortable. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And, and so then she goes home to her house and she finds she plugs in the video game system which is connected to the tv but it's a vr game so i don't really understand that but i don't understand anything about how this game works yeah i don't so basically you sit game. down and you put some gloves on and then you appear in some kind of a maze and that's it you're just supposed to dodge obstacles and then somehow if you lose the game you become digitized but I feel like you're digitized the whole time. Like when you, you go into it, it's like you're in the world. It's not like, you know what you I mean? You vanish, but you don't, I don't know. I you wear see. goggles, but also watch on the monitor. The monitor, the connection to the TV is kind of like for other people. So you wear the goggles for what you see. And then the, the TV is so that your friends can see what you're doing. Yeah. I guess What's so. powers? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, these VR movies that always drive me crazy in the, like the 80s and 90s because like, you put the VR and then you're like in the world. Like she's wearing like a different costume in the world. And you know, it's, it's just weird. I don't like it. It just never makes sense to me. And then she starts to realize, whoa, this game is sentient. And it's like talking to her and like directly addressing her. And I think it references that like her boyfriend is in there. Um, yeah, it like knows yeah, her name. He's taunting her. I got your friends, that kind of thing. Yeah, and she's getting pretty freaked out. So she goes over to Peter Billingsley's house, who is a complete douche to her, you know, as she's coming over, you know, and he and and she's kind of saying to him, like, uh, I think something's not right with this game. 
Although for some reason she doesn't say, and I, I, I could not understand this why she never says to Peter Billingsley, because he's like, ah, you're, it's just a computer program. You know, he specifically no, no, tells her and it's I, weird, weird things happen this late at night. That's his excuse. Yeah, weird things happen this late. And I, and I want her to be like, um, the game just called me a bitch. So, yeah. I, I mean, well, and I thought they were kind of doing a thing, kind of like, ironically, Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, there's an episode where they have like uh, this video game weird VR thing, and it kind of like makes them kind of crazy and like drunk almost yes and i thought maybe that episode yeah yeah and maybe yeah that's right and maybe that's kind of what they were doing where like he was kind of like messed up from just playing the game where he's not thinking straight but it's like that never really was a factor that never that never comes in And, and he has that great line where he's like don't worry everything will make sense in the morning yeah. And I want her to be like, I don't think this is going to make sense in the morning how a video game <laughs> talks to me about right. my disappeared boyfriend. But I was and, hoping. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say my favorite line from this one is like, like, yeah, what was his, the boyfriend's name? It was like Jack Greg. or something. What was it? Greg. Greg, where he's like, oh, yeah, Greg is missing and maybe he's in trouble, but it has nothing to do with the video game. Like, he didn't even care. Like, yeah, maybe he's, in, he might be dead out there somewhere, but like, it doesn't have to do video games so i don't care because this is his chance like, to move in on the it. girl which yeah. they mentioned that like once but then it doesn't really seem to matter that that he likes the girl well and i thought like greg would i don't think dead. it would matter anyway yeah i thought like greg would end up dead or something and they would do that because like them, those two had spent like the whole movie together and, and right. maybe they built some chemistry but it was like no at the end she just goes back with him and or even like if the boyfriend got out, but then she still went over to Nick for you know all of it, or all of his help or something like that. Because yeah, they don't really establish much between Alex and Greg. They don't pay that off, right? No, yeah. pay that off. Yeah. Through the whole third act of this movie, I kept thinking of Interstellar because both movies have a similar structure where it's like an in Interstellar. Matthew McConaughey is like, oh, I gotta find my way back to my daughter. Oh, this you know, in theory, this whole movie is about me finding my way back to her, their daughter. Then the movie ends. He's like, oh, hey, how's it going? All right, got to go. Okay, I got to go find, you know, Anne Hathaway. I, I know all of you thought that this was the emotional core of the movie, but I got to go find a spaceship to go have sex with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of like this movie, like when she finally gets her boyfriend back, she's like, oh, hey, you know, what's... She right. should have been like, here's your keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back to my Yeah. Um, so Peter Billingsley like kind of reluctantly agrees to help her try to find out what's going on. Um, and he's, and at one point they have to tell Seth Green like, okay, hey, don't play this video game. And they actually are gonna go try to find their friends. So they go try to, I can't remember this other friend's name, the other girl. Ben's. Ben, is, was that her name? Oh, is this, this is probably, oh, are we getting, are we getting yeah. into the scene? Are we getting into this, the one scene of the movie that I liked and the only scene of the movie that I liked where they're trying to rescue their friend? Sorry, the girl's name I think was Lori. Oh, Lori, I think you're right. I think you're they right. They go to see her friend and she's bugging out. And I thought at this point, oh, wow, this movie is doing something kind of smart where it's about like drug addiction or something. But then she, nope. then she vanishes in that stupid line about 911. And I was like, nope. Yeah, and th- th- this is where I'm starting this to scene, This scene was actually not bad. In a good movie, this one scene with the better movie built around it could work. I guess so, but this is where I, I, I like questions it, I of like, okay, even if you're telling me, okay, Arcade is some kind of sentient AI. Okay. Yeah. How is Arcade causing a tornado 
in in Lori's room. Like what? Okay, well, the, the setup is bad. The concept was good. Well, there was also a, a poltergeist in the house. They just didn't get into that. It's coincidence. Yeah, it's, it's it's comorbidity. They have a they have a digital villain and a supernatural villain. Yeah, there's no rules to like what arcade can do or will do. Yeah, unless, unless you play by the rules of the video game programmer who teaches them how to beat the game. But arcade says he makes up his own rules, but they play by the they they no because she gets the extra life because she followed the other guy's rules. Wow, you are spoiling but everything, Jack. There well, are no the rules unless you play by the rules. That's yeah. Okay. So all right, so ah, the, the friend. The friend, after a tornado rips through the house, their friend Lori disappears and gets like troned and sucked into the game somehow. Don't we see the boyfriend in the static? Yeah, um, he's like, TV too. Oh, yeah. 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 So they're in there. So Peter Billingsley and Alex decide we should go to the game company. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is an interesting step. Maybe they're going to go to the game company and be like, okay, your game seems to have eaten my boyfriend and right. we watched it make my friend disappear. And also your game has been talking to me and calling me names. And and still my assumption is like the game company made the game this way for whatever reason. Right. To, and so, uh, the so, they're, the so I figure they're going there to confront them about it, but it's like, no, because they don't think that they know what's going on. So then they act like, why did this my mind has been unable to comprehend this why do peter billingsley and alex think that the game like when they go to talk to q they're like oh no we just want some tips on how to play the game and i'm right. like the first level is really hard <laughs> what are you talking about this you literally watch this game digitize your friend and suck like what yeah and I, I think I think yeah, what they were yeah. trying to do, I think what they were trying to do was saying, there's no way they're going to believe that literally that ridiculous concept of our friend being digitized happened. So I thought they were going to say, look, buddy, the video game electrocuted our friend and we're going to sue unless you tell us what the secrets of the game are, because they earlier say, How, who's going to believe us that she got sucked into the sentient game? Then maybe they could get access to the program again, and like, tell him the truth. But you know who, you know who might believe them? The people who made a right. sentient game. That, that, <laughs> was my, that was my thought was because because then they go there's they they go to the the place and they talk to the guy at the desk and they're like look if you don't let us talk to to John Delancey I'm gonna tell everyone I'm gonna tell the media that the game's telling us to kill ourselves and and commit you know, satanic, satanic rituals, rituals and stuff and it's like making something up to to get them and it's like but the game's actually doing these other things why didn't you tell them that we know it's doing this and we'll tell the media this. Like he's making up some other scenario. Like we're going to tell the media this. It's like yeah. it's actually doing bad things, and you would think that they know about that. So, but they yeah. don't. Apparently, they are so proud of themselves when they get to go past the receptionist to yeah. see you too. I mean, like it is the most proud Peter Billingsley is in this whole movie. He's like, yeah, this is, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they go in and see Q. And he's like, hey, what's up? They're like, oh, yeah, we're having some trouble with the game. He's like, oh, okay, I'll go to, you know, you go talk to a software developer. That's it. And, and Q's out of the movie. <laughs> Why? Why? He would make such a good devious bad guy, too. Like, I wanted to see him be, yeah. uh, you know, the, the man behind the curtain, the one that's got all these nefarious plans. But no, no, so, he's just a businessman. Yeah, and so at, at this point, I'm like, okay, 
So the twist is he isn't him. It's this other guy. It's this programmer, right? This programmer did it. He's he, for some reason, cause he seems a little nuts. He, he created this tension game. It's like, nope, the programmer, cr- programmer has no idea how this game works, why it works, the how to beat it. Why the not? Cause here's the scene where we reveal that they used human brain cells in its development. Yeah. Yeah. And Except the- I feel like they, they did not describe that well. I actually no, rewound that to be like, wait, what? Right. Because he's just like, there was a donor. That's all they said. Like, not, you know, we, and then he said, like, we just took a couple hundred thousand brain cells, but (laughs) it's still not really clear. It could have been something like, well, we needed a way to make it so that make it more adaptable. So yeah, we, we use some human brain cells and just, not just, there was a donor. And I feel like, uh, the, the kids like just accept this super quickly and there's no, there's no, they don't question anything. Just whatever, whatever happens, they're like, yep, on it. Good. Got it. <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah. girl is unfazed by everything that comes up in this meeting with the software guy. Even when the soft, the guy who developed the game is like, oh, yeah, no one's been able to beat it yet. What? Like you yeah. made, what are you talking right. about? Yeah. Well, the other thing that, like, I don't understand the software company's plan for this game, because he said something about how, you know, we want you just sitting in front of the TV. Okay, but if you lose, you, you get sucked into the game. So you're not playing anymore. Right. So you're not still sitting in front of the TV. So you either lose and, you know, quote unquote, die, or you win. Like, there's no, there's no in between. There's no trying again, really, except for Nick, because he didn't get sucked in the first time. When and I, my eyes really popped because sort of at the end, the software developer guy is like, "Hey, you want my advice? Don't play this game." Right. What? Like this That's is like, the I don't understand. Where you might want to say, how you make money," or, or you might want to say to this guy, "Like, I think maybe this guy is aware that there are problems. Maybe we should be honest with him about what's going on." But yeah. no, they're just like, "Okay, thanks for the map. Got to go." And the only thing, the only thing that makes any sense to me is that they kind of hint that if this game doesn't work like if it doesn't sell or whatever that john delancey's like done so like maybe they're just they're pushing this game out and it's not done or but it's like you would still think they would know how it works how to beat it any anything about the game but they don't understand the game at all it's like they're looking at it for the first time there's like a lost subplot in here of john delancey freaking out being like oh god how do these q1 numbers look oh god i right. make my sales projections Oh, this is so stressful. I got even when PowerPoint. even yeah. when the programmer is like showing him the schematics and maps, it's like something he figured out. It's not like, oh, I created this, so this is how I create. I de- or designed the game. It's like he's like going over like it's some weird thing that he's figured out, and it's it's silly. I think we're being really generous calling these things schematics and maps wow. because isn't it really just a list of the level names? Yeah, yeah. There, there was. Was there? A map? I thought there was like some oh, layout. There was. There was a map that he like did show on on the screen. Yeah, there was a floor plan, oh, plan on the screen. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. But, the but like later just... on, when she's when she says she has the schematics in right, in the game, right. it's literally a list of levels, and she's looking at it like a map, and right, it's just right. level one corridors of doom or whatever you know each the name of each corridor. Lake of darkness. Yeah. So they decide, and and actually. 
thank God that the software developer kind of writes down, he's like, ooh, I should check out this Dante's Inferno place because, you know, if he hadn't, like, they, it's crazy. They should have told him what was going on because luckily he does on his own what Peter Billingsley and Alex don't do. Um, but so then they go to, they go back to the Dante's Inferno arcade. Oh, I do have a note here. They do show one video game in this scene, and it's the Simpsons pinball machine, which I was I very saw that, impressed yeah. to see. That must have been like brand new when they were shooting this. Uh, when they were shooting this movie, uh, yeah. that's a very very hot topic at that point. They go back. They find the arcade machine, and it's was it? It's like they're trying to figure out how to turn it on. Uh, you get the classic line. She's like, uh, "Is it plugged in?" And at this, at this point, I'm like, "Does power matter? Like, this machine made a tornado in a." Room. Well, earlier she literally right. had trouble unplugging it from the wall because it somehow was controlling the plug in the real world. Right, right. But the thing I, that I didn't understand about the scene was like, she insists she's going to go in too. Like, they're going to play it together because she wants to be there to help out. But the VR machine only has one set of goggles and one set of gloves or whatever. So I don't know how she's in this week. like they they didn't think to just put another set of goggles in there or something or have her grab like one of the home arcade ones that made no yeah why didn't they make the demo version to have two yeah two headsets two goggles I, yeah that's good. or she could just grab like one of the the portable ones from a shelf or something and be like oh i'm going in too but it's like she's just sitting next to him and he's got the goggles and everything and then they're both in the the VR world. Can you imagine if they were each wearing one glove? This would be some like, uh, God, what's the name? What's what's the uh, the kaiju versus giant robots movie? This would be like some Pacific Rim stuff where they're trying to like coordinate their movements to make like one yeah. thing work. That would be way too complicated for this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they determined they have to put a quarter in for the game to work. And I think this is them trying to set up the idea. It wants money. It, like there are like rules, there there are- But it, why is that one of his rules? Like you have to give it no, money. No, I don't know. It's not gonna spend the money. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, that, yeah. It, it was Again, almost like it was yeah. setting up like the idea that there are arbitrary rules that they have to, play by but like they are they seem totally arbitrary and right. they don't really seem to have any kind of effect it doesn't i don't feel like she breaks any of the rules or plays by adapted rules she just plays the game right right, right. yeah it doesn't th this was not this was not worked out and, and at this point i'm still trying to figure out like what is the game's goal and the game at this point arcade is a line where it's like I had to write this down. I need your, I need young souls to keep me warm before I kiss reality goodbye forever. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't, th this, this makes the villain plot from Moonraker make sense. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't even It's a know. crazy machine. You can't predict it. Yeah, I, I yeah. wish that actually that had been, honestly, I wish that actually been what it was. Like, the machine is crazy. We don't know why. Like, it, it, But they, they kept yeah. seemingly trying to give some kind of a motive to what was going on here. 
Well, back in the scene with the software developer, when he mentions the donor, I was like, oh, okay. They, they took a serial killer's brain. Right. Yeah. Right. That would have made way more sense. Yeah. Right. And it, that could have been like, we used some brain cells from a serial killer, period. End of sentence. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> like, I, right. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, I did get a big kick out of, so when she and Peter Billingsley go into the game, she wrote the like schematics of the game on her arm. Like she's like a QB in football. Like right. she's like, up, like the playbook. I really, I don't know if that was smart or ridiculous or whatever it was, but it, that moment made me smile. But then, you know, once again, those schematics are literally just the names of the levels. And then they keep showing her like looking at her arm with her sleeve down. Yes, yes. So she's looking yeah. at her sleeve but they showed us the words written on her arm. It just made yeah. no sense. Yeah. yeah. It, and it, I wonder if the dialogue that we hear for most of the stuff within the game is really what was said, because I swear those helmets were designed so that they could dub whatever the heck they wanted, because yeah, you can't see their like, mouths move for the vast majority of the time. Agreed. Agreed. I think they, I or yeah, I agree. I think they were looking ahead to like ADR and were like, how do we make the ADR process as easy as possible? And <laughs> it's like, ooh, let's, let's Power Rangers this and make sure everyone's yeah. mouth is covered all yeah. the time. And this whole sequence, like with them in the arcade, is like some of the most embarrassing filmmaking I think I've seen. It's yeah, like, at least on this podcast. It's like, it's like a dollar store version of Tron. It's like really bad. Like, there's a scene coming. I like I was saying before the podcast how it reminded me of this whole movie kind of reminds me, especially this stuff of um Are You Afraid of the Dark in the 90s? Which oh, is like a wow, children's yes. yeah, it was like a children's uh and you know, anthology horror series. And it was like it looked very much like this in a lot of these these scenes, especially this CGI stuff. But there's a scene coming up when they get into the second level that was like so embarrassing when the like the she sees like the mother's face in the the water or whatever and then her boyfriend they're like help me help me like a really bad it was just like really embarrassing like i was cringing watching the scene the transition from this the the terrible cgi background to the real construction site is oh yeah rough yeah yeah. that that's really (laughs) um a problem for the and the movie seems to know it's a problem because it's trying to do all kinds of bizarre editing tricks like shooting straight up into the sky or so or they're like cutting out of the wide shots where they're <laughs> at the construction site like real fast because they're like hoping nobody well, notices but in the wide shot of the construction site where it's just like a straight up shot of a construction site they didn't like replace the sky with like the weird video game sky like they did in the other shots so it like just yeah. doesn't match and it's like really dumb it's 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 bad like nobody really cared about the quality of this whole sequence of everything inside the game it was just like meh yeah good enough yeah Yeah. oh i think i think they had to go back and redo all this stuff from what i was reading i don't know if you read that alex yes there there is a what did it look like originally well like like tron Yeah, this might surprise you, but the walt disney company had some concerns about the sky cycle chase (laughs) (laughs) and the original designs used in that and apparently the walt disney company uh sent them a preemptive like like legal notice like letting them know like uh we're watching what's going on here like you may you're in danger of being sued 
So yeah. they went back and changed the design of the Sky Cycle Chase a little bit to make it a little less Tron-y. Yeah. Um, so some of the stuff was like last minute. And I also read that Peter Billingsley helped out on some of that stuff too. I don't know how he's qualified to do that, but well, so a lot of that stuff. I, video games. That's true. <laughs> uh, a lot of that stuff I think was last. I mean, either way, it looked terrible, but I think a lot of it was last minute, like replacement stuff, but it was just embarrassing. Well, there's also, so I'm like, okay. So one of the, the whole gimmick of this game is that you have to find doors and keys to get through them. Yes. And when it's as like, the game, as the game developer said, the keys are the key. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, she just has to jump into a water pit and that's the next door. Like, I mean, what was that level even then? So she basically, she went through a door, found herself in a construction pit, saw a water pit, jumped into the water pit. Into that was the level? Like yeah. Every level has one puzzle. Like there are, this game, if, if you were to actually play this game, it would last like five minutes. Yeah. Each level is so easy. You do one thing. There's no, yeah. there's one puzzle in the, the one where she's got to figure out which city to go to, but otherwise you just, you know, find a door. There, you know what? Why couldn't no one get past the first level? It was so. I mean, it's like. It's, I feel like the right. first. I yeah. feel like the first level was the hardest level. Yeah. Everything else. Everything else. You're just kind of walking, trying to find a door. The first one. Yeah, that's it. And, well, because there's also you know there's those sharp things sticking out of the wall. There's the monster chasing you, Evil Dead style. I, yeah. my, you could get my, lost. My, you could get cut on something. My my power has been going in and out, so I missed like uh, a ten minute chunk before. Have we talked about the uh, stellar asking of that one kid who was falling into the water pit? No, we're there. That we're there, like right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was almost as if someone showed him like bad like nineteen sixties horror movies, and we're like, "All right, say your lines like that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I found this. So so embarrassing is because of the acting in this scene i mean the whole movie is not great acting but like especially this end part is just like really bad it, it's bad yeah and and so now so now we get to that level where it's like at the river sticks and she well first you should say peter billingsley is kicked out out of the game because he gets attacked by the or no he oh. gets pulled out by by the yeah. um the software the engineer who Peter Billingsley didn't trust, thankfully, shows up to save Peter Billingsley's life. Yeah, of course. Um, although, actually, when you think about it, it really would make no difference if Peter Billingsley had been eaten by the machine then. And I guess he just would have popped out later when Alex wins the game right. or so. All they wouldn't be able to show all those concern shots of him watching the gray stick figure monitor of what's oh, going God. on within the game. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that was important. Was so important. <laughs> Peter Billingsley survived to be a cutaway. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, so why did jump... she? What, one quick, quick thing: Why did she jump into the pool when she just watched her one friend like be taken under? I had that question too. How did she even know that the pool was the door? I think she was just taking a chance because the uh, screamer was was bearing down on her, so she took the chance. And why wasn't the kid that just fell into that pool also down there when she got down there? Because he, by in theory, should have advanced as well. These are all far too important questions that yeah. need logic to answer. Yeah, I, I really felt like there. I felt like at that point he was part of the game, like the other two were at the the lake, where like the sure. game was using him as part of like here's the key. But he was, he was just actually, a pawn in the game of arcade. 
Yeah, yes, he wasn't actually right. playing. He wasn't actually playing at that point. He's just part of the game. Gotcha. That's, I, that's, that's why I took it as. That, that's what we find out next, that Seth Green and that girl Lori are now part of the game in this sort of like riddle I know, level. I didn't even know Seth, Seth Green like was sucked into the game. Like when did that happen? They didn't show us. They left him saying, don't play the game. So clearly right. he didn't listen to them. They say, just stay here. Don't play the game. And then he goes and plays the game and gets sucked in. And if they were made into parts <laughs> of the game, why wasn't her boyfriend made into a part of the game? Or was he? And I'm forgetting. I think well, I, there's I a think, thing that the boyfriend never made it like anywhere in the game. Like he just got like eaten. Like he, he showed up in that first level, looked around, and then the skull <laughs> ate him. <laughs> I think, and no, I think they're I think they're using him too, like because he keeps popping up, like help me, help me, like to entice her to keep going. More like to taunt her, yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. guess you're right. I guess that's the game using him. I suppose that counts. Yeah. But she did establish that, like, like again, those bullies, they had the busy signal at home. They weren't answering their phone. They were they were there too, but they're never part of the game. And they never got got out of the game at the end of the movie. That's true. The bully, oh, that's the bully should have been like the bully should have been like the bad guy in the game or something, but they didn't think that far ahead, I guess. Maybe Again, that would make too much sense. Yeah. Maybe a fight scene was shot where there was a fight scene between Alex and the girl Lori after she like takes her across on the boat to the city. Mm. And I guess in like a very early release of it, that this fight scene was still in and then they took it out. I, okay. I I guess I'm guessing because it made no sense because even me trying to describe yeah, like, it makes no sense. I, I don't know why, like why there would why be would a you, scene, but yeah, why would you need that? It's yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Why would you need anything in this movie? Um. So now, okay, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay, so this is also where, I, and it, my brain cannot understand what happens next. So like a little kid falls out of the sky into the water near the boat. And Alex pulls this kid who's also in like a player suit into the boat. And the game gives her like, you saved a life, one free life. Is that arcade doing that? Or is that like- Yeah, yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier. So the computer programmer gave them rules and that was one of them. Like somehow you get a free guy, but the game is playing by its own rules, yet it's bound by the rules set by the programmer. So really it is playing by rules. I don't know. I didn't understand this at all. And I'm, I'm yeah, just- trying to figure it out. Where did this little kid come from? You know, like what is happening? Uh, it, it makes no sense. Um, and the little kid is like, ooh. I mean, I knew it was. No, sorry. I, I was gonna say I knew what was happening there as soon as, as it happened, but because like this I, is a little suspicious. I guess I get you know it's because then we get the kid goes with her on the sky cycle chase, which is just sort of like I, again it can't be stressed enough that this movie came out in 1993. This is the same year Jurassic Park came out. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the last Star technology came out in like. 84 or like something like that. I mean, this is this is terrible CGI, even for by this time. Yeah. Um, when you look at even like the last Starfighter now, it, it looks infinitely better than this. And it was 10 years older. And yeah. now I don't, from this point on, I don't think I understand anything that happens. 
like logic completely out the window. So it's immediately after introducing this little kid, they put it in as like a twist, like, ha ha, you thought this was a kid? No, the kid is Arcade. And I'm like, okay. Now, is, well, this, the person, is this the person who was, was the brain cell donor? Yeah, right? it gets super dark. It talks it really about, does. I mean, like, he says, he and it's, or like a, it's a throwaway line, but super dark that they took the brain cells from a kid who was murdered by his mother. Yeah. Yeah. So Why would it, that be a throwaway line, considering that our main character has a similar violent trauma with her parents, her mother? You'd, you'd think it'd be important, but Arcade's just like, uh, what, the line was something like, his mom hit him until he didn't wake up anymore, or mom hit me until I didn't wake up anymore, now no one can play with me. And then it just goes on and it's never talked about again. Never talked yeah, about Yeah, I rewound that part because I was like, wait, what did he just say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The whole point of this movie was just said in a throwaway line in like five seconds. Yeah. Yep. So Motivation. She, has, she has a key. Oh, I forgot to mention this too. Okay, so in the cut fight scene between Lori and Alex, that's where she gets this key that she puts in the case in that kind of like final level. Because mm -hmm. apparently some people were like, where did she get that final key? And it was, that was it. So she puts it in the key. Some kind of technology hardware comes out of the case she gets blasted with well, force and lightning. Yeah. It's a junction box. They say put the key in the junction box. Yeah. Which isn't safe. And you find out why. Because yeah. she gets electrified as she puts the key in the junction box. And, and she basically dies. Right. She's back in her house. And yeah. her mom is alive. And this movie goes down a really dark road for a This movie. is honestly one of the darkest, like, most disturbing scenes I've seen in a movie. This is. In a while. Yeah. Like it teleports into a traumatic memory. This is a really screwed up scene. I, I mean, yeah. like, to the point where, like, I, I, this movie should have an R rating. I don't know. I actually don't know what this movie is rated, but it should be R rated for this. There's a couple of F words, so I would assume it's R rated anyway. I would, yeah, I would think so. But I would hope so. But then you say, okay, just to divert for a second, can you imagine any adult wanting to see this? Like, no, <laughs> you know, like it makes nothing. Nothing makes sense. Um, it's because we were talking about this before we went on. Who is this movie for? It's it's not for kids. It's way too disturbing but it's not for adults like i, I mean i guess it, it's for is it aimed only at 18 year olds I, I don't know um so she's talking to her mom who is now alive and then we get the great line oh sweetheart i am dead and then she gets the traumatic experience of getting shot by her own mom but it, it's even more well, disturbing that because she shot herself because she goes, she's like, oh, mom, I thought you were dead. And, and and her mom's like, oh, honey, I am dead. Let me show you. And she like puts a gun to her head and just shoots herself in the head in front of her daughter again, which yeah. is like really disturbing. And then all of a sudden she's lives again. She's like, look, you'll something like, I'm, like I'm in heaven and you didn't believe in the afterlife, and but I'm going to show you there's an afterlife. And then she shoots her. It was like yeah. really, for this movie, it's like really dark. Doesn't she also yeah. imply something about her letting, like Alex letting her down? So like fulfilling yeah, those yeah. fears that she had in the beginning is the only time they bring anything like that back. She, yeah, she said something like, I'll, I'll, basically she's killing her so she never lets her down again or something. It's like, yeah. Jesus. 
Well, yeah. it's a good thing she has a, a good therapist to work these issues out with. <laughs> a good therapist who can sit there silently as Alex tries to describe all of this later on. Yeah. Um. So then, okay. So the game had given her a free life, but I Arcane forgot about it. Apparently, shocked that this happens. Yeah, like, and shocked that she has a, another life and is and is back, and then everything is okay and she yeah, it, it seems like she beats the game just because she has an extra life like she comes back and it's like arcade she throws dies. a heart it, like like a like a like a like a heart like okay. an actual heart shaped heart and throws it at him and he's like no well, yeah, they, but that, that was her yeah. extra life yeah that was her. she throws her extra life at like the the game's that brain the or whatever extra life but oh, i thought yeah. that, didn't she use her extra life? Like, why does she then have this? It would be like if Mario just tossed away a mushroom after using it. <laughs> and then, and I beat the game the from the junction box that she threw at him. But that's that's like when they show like one one extra life, whatever. It's like that's the symbol on the screen is like the heart with the stuff coming out of it. And then all of a sudden yeah. she has it, and then she's like, Whoa. Uh, instead of maybe it was it in the junction box another but, way. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is the keys are the key. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Arcade caused her to get the extra life because he appeared as the little kid. So had Arcade not wanted to pull a, a basically an elaborate prank on her, like Arcade would have just won and killed her, like in an incredibly disturbing manner. So yeah. It was a like, very wily E. Coyote mishap. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's... I, my, my my brain was turning inside out at this point. Uh, <laughs> like, a lot of times we can sort of... <laughs> I feel like in a lot of the movies we watch, we can sort of like talk it out and figure out what somewhat of the movie's logic is, even if it's messed up logic. But this one, I don't feel like there's any way to do that. I don't think yeah. you can. And then... And that's what makes it great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> And then it basically turns into like the Wizard of Oz ending where she like comes out of the machine and everyone's all of her friends are there and they're like, okay, oh, the game freed us too. And I was like, what? It did? And you, but you reappeared in Dante's Inferno and not your homes where you disappeared yeah. from, presumably. And I would have preferred if everyone like didn't have any memory of what had happened because it seems like they're way too okay with it. Oh yeah, Seth Green yeah. is far too okay. Well, Seth Green. What is I thought they were going to do, what I thought they were going to do, would be something that harkens back to an earlier Star Trek and an earlier Star Trek episode where Kirk and crew are on a planet and all this scary stuff happens and members of the crew die, and then at the end of the episode, the Captain Kirk's going to do you know whatever, and uh, 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 an alien appears and says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 stop, stop! It was all just a game." And then all the guys who were dead come back out and they're like, "Yeah, Captain Kirk, it's fine." And we're sorry, we thought you were in on the joke. So uh, feel free to say, sorry, we're gonna let you guys use our planet as long as you like, without any charge. Oh, you needed shore leave anyway, Captain. You know what I mean? I thought that would have been a cool ending where all this scary stuff happens and then no, 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 everybody's okay. It's totally part of the game. You got, you had fun with it though, didn't you? And that would have been the end of the movie. I thought that would have been cool. No, I guess. I mean, I would argue that David Fincher's The Game is a better version. I'm just going to say <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but sure, even that would have been like, OK, or if like somehow like John DeLacy comes back, he's like, ah, I was just messing with all you kids. 
um, and making you disappear and tornadoes occur. And like, you know, yeah, maybe that would have at least been more satisfying. Um, well, we didn't get to know. the actual ending yet. Yeah. Okay. So they come out and then one of the kids and the software like developer guy is there too. And then, which is funny because some of the kids should be like, who's this guy? (laughs) Um, And then one of the, one of the kids goes, "Uh, if we came out of the machine, what if Arcade did too? And I think someone literally says, ah, forget it. (laughs) And and then just the software engineer guy just kind of like stares at the door to Dante's Inferno for like an interminably long amount of time so they can complete a, a complicated dolly shot i really yeah. thought the credits were going to start to roll there i did too I i'm like oh, okay, i guess this is the movie but then the movie and i have a note here i'm like um so the movie's not over <laughs> okay. all right well clearly because someone said didn't arcade come out or did arcade come out too and then someone else said eh, it's fine clearly arcade came out too yeah you gotta see it and then Alex, who in theory, the whole motivation for this whole movie was, I got to save my boyfriend, is like, all right, see you later, boyfriend. <laughs> Glad you're alive. I'm going to go home alone. You know? Yeah. Glad we were all just digitized human beings who came back to life and everyone's cool. And all right, I'll see everyone go their own separate ways. <laughs> yep. I can't even go like get a pizza. Yeah. No celebration. Just everybody go home. Over. It's a school night. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. See you guys at our school meeting spot tomorrow. Everyone bring your skateboard. <laughs> yeah. And she turns around and the little kid from the game is out. And we know it's arcade because he uses his famous arcade catchphrase and calls her a bitch once again. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the craziest final line to a movie ever. That's the way this movie is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> well, pending a sequel. I, I, I guess. And we're leaving it open. I also find it funny that, you know, they always, ha- I think it happens twice that they have the little kid talking, but then his voice changes to arcade when he actually swears, which makes me wonder if the little kid is saying like, which yep. or something else. Cause they didn't want to make the little kid actor swear. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> then again, given how disturbing the content of the movie is, I'm not sure they're looking out for anyone's <laughs> psychological welfare. That's that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I but I don't I don't have a real so wrong it's right question. It was it was going to be about the um the the Disney lawsuit involving the sky cycles, oh, but uh, we, sorry I spoiled too, that. No, it's too, it's too fun to get into. So let's do is it is it so bad it's good? Uh, Brian, let's start with you. You was was arcade fun to watch? Well, it was kind of like, I don't know, like, think of of whatever, like, unpleasant experience you want, (laughs) and then you're just thankful, like, it didn't last all that long. So in that, you know, it's like, if you're getting, like, a root canal, and you're like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but then, like, if it takes less time than you thought, you kind of come away with, like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought. That's what I would categorize this movie. Was it a pleasant experience? No, but it's only an hour and 20 minutes. So kind of when I got to the end of it, I was like, all right. I mean, I've seen bad movies that last an hour longer. So uh, in that sense, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I, this Cody, I did think of you when I saw the runtime. I'm like, ooh, this is a, oh, yeah. this is a tight 79-minute movie. Finally a short one, yeah. 
You usually pick the two and a half hour long movies. <laughs> I know. Cody, what do you think? I'm on the fence about it. It's pretty dumb, pretty bad. I would say yes, just for like the 90s nostalgia of it, because it's a very 90s movie. Um, yep. That's maybe about it for me. It's, it's so insane. It's hard to even comprehend watching it again and trying to follow it. I, Christy, how about you? They maybe just watch the VR scenes just to laugh at the horrible, horrible CGI. Uh, otherwise, I found it pretty boring, to be honest. Um, but at least getting a kick out of the, the awfulness of the special effects. I, I agree. Jack, what do you think? Uh, I think it was so bad it's good. I think it's it's just so poorly done. I think it makes no sense. I, I was getting a serious, like, 90s nostalgia vibe out of it but i don't know that wouldn't affect you know younger older audiences of the film but maybe uh but the 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 movie all in all was not terribly enjoying but i think it was well worth it once they get into the digitized universe and it just looks so awful even by the standards of the day and those ridiculous outfits and it's just a lot better in terms of entertainment i i think i'm with jack this is gonna sound crazy and if i disappear you can all know why I think I might someday watch this again to try to understand. I want to try to catch all of the throwaway lines that maybe there is some kind of internal logic to this movie that the throw, like if I could catch like all of those throwaway lines that would come together and understand what's actually going on here. I, I don't know that that's actually true. I feel like it's, it's not. And, and I might just turn my brain into jello but uh <laughs> or you'll be sucked into the movie or be sucked into the movie and i'll be in there like pounding on the tv screen being like let me out or or finding myself in a real world construction site diving into a shallow puddle um it could happen to anyone it, it, it could happen it could happen I, I i i was sort of like i i would say i would agree with everyone thank god this movie is only like 79 minutes long it, it oh, because yeah. it's the running time is the real hero here that is that is the real MVP. But it was sort of like, God, it is so crazy. And it's weird in that the stuff they get right about VR, you know, for the time, if you're thinking this movie, when this movie was made, that they basically pretty much accurately predicted an Oculus system. Yeah. But then everything else, everything else is wrong. So I don't know. Except for the murderous parts. I mean, yeah. you never know what Oculus is going to do. Yeah. Well, again, Mark Zuckerberg could be watching this and being like, yes, yes, this is what I want to be doing to people. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg could be like, this game gets it. This is what I want. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there it is. I don't know. Yeah, watch at your own risk and watch at your own risk of serious trauma. Um, yeah. yeah. Watch with a friend. Don't watch alone. Yes, yes um yeah but I'm, I'm excited i finally saw it and i some kind of weird box has been checked in my brain that i got to see a teenage ralphie so that's there you go that's something yeah um i don't know what we're do we got to decide what we're going to do next i there's a movie i wanted to do next that that christy has been suggesting but i can't find it streaming anywhere what is it involves it? a bow and arrow oh. um oh she's been, yeah she's been suggesting yeah. that for like two years wait what movie yeah. Well, I, I got whenever we say what we're doing next, I mean, but I, I at some point I've got to find it on a streaming. Server. Okay. Okay. Um, 
it might be on HBO Max actually. I got that's that's what I have to check next. Um, because I think that might be an HBO movie or, or a Warner Brothers movie. And well, yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't want to do any other teases. There's I, I, a friend. We'll of talk about show, it off. We'll talk about it when we're done. We'll talk recording. about it offline. Yeah, here, let me stop the recording here, and we will. But so we will see oh. everyone back here yeah. next time for more fun. All right, bye.